Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Sean Johal of Elevation. Sean, it's awesome to have you on the show. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And before I jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Sean so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing and Sean's why is to help leaders find happiness and success. Sean co-founded DLS or Dolls Lighting and LED Lighting Business in 2009. He implemented the scaling up growth system and led to the company company to 3x its revenues well into the eight figures. Sean went on to found Elevation, a business growth coaching firm, working with entrepreneurs and their teams to help accelerate their growth while helping them find personal balance and happiness. Business coach, entrepreneur, and speaker, Sean is also the author of The Happy Leader, a business and leadership fable releasing in September 2020. And he's the former president of EO, Entrepreneurs Organization in Montreal. Sean remains an active member and mentor to numerous young entrepreneurs, helping them improve as business leaders and as individuals. He's a, he was been a finalist for the EY Entrepreneur of the Year, and Sean sits on the board of directors for Champions for Life, a nonprofit foundation helping children develop their physical literacy. Sean, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I am ready. Thank you. Awesome. Let's do it. So to kick everything off, you're doing so many phenomenal things, but I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started. Could you take us through your CEO story? What led you get started with your business? Sure. Absolutely. I won't go as far back as the, when I was born. I don't want to bore the audience with that crazy story. <laughs> uh, I'll kind of kick it off, you know, uh, into my entrepreneurial journey when I joined the family business. Uh, that was in 2004 and that was in the lighting industry. That's where I, you know, I came up in the roots. And it was a public company. It was a company that was founded by my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, and my brother-in-law. So the in-laws, good times jumping into a family business. Yes. <laughs> uh, very exciting. And my father-in-law, you know, being very financial, financially savvy, was able to take a small business and take it public on the TSX Stock Exchange. And then just started doing mergers and acquisitions with different businesses. And basically took the company from nothing to $50 million in revenue very quickly. You know, within four years, amazing journey. So I came on board in that company as a national sales manager, basically handling sales. And, you know, things were going really well. And then the economic crash happened in the U.S. Uh, very devastating time for many, many people. Obviously, we're living through something similar now. I don't think we're seeing the full effects yet, but well, that's another discussion for another day. Right. But the company struggled. And what happened was, you know, they were not, the family was not able to sustain that business. And it was kind of a very difficult time, a lot of learning, let me tell you. And then from that, you know, from a lot of different and difficult situations, uh, you know, we sometimes have new opportunities that come up. My brother-in-law and I decided to relaunch and basically, you know, buy the assets and bring back the employees because we wanted to save all those employees jobs. And we were able to work out a deal where we could relaunch the company under a new name, DALS, Dallas Lighting, in 2009. And that was when the new journey started from, you know, coming from the ashes, if you will, of mm -hmm. this terrible situation in the family and, you know, just starting over from scratch. Yeah, well, I definitely appreciate you for telling that story. And I, I think so many times, you know, as you said, and I think we even talked about when we first connected about how kind of like the ashes, as you said, sometimes happen, gives an opportunity for certain opportunities we maybe we didn't see before and us to kind of show and re sometimes invent ourselves in a different way to, to kind of see the light. So true. I totally agree with you. It was a really tough time, but obviously looking back, uh, 
you know, phenomenal learning, a phenomenal journey along the way really uh, taught me a lot about myself, you know, about how to run a business. And especially when you're coming out of a tough time, it's a lot of desperation. So you're just kind of jumping in, yeah. you know, taking a lot of big risks. Yeah, you just kind of have to increase your scrappiness, if that's the right word, in, in, in order to make things happen. So I know you've been able to do that and, and, and you have your, your, your business now, Elevation. Can you take us through what you're doing with your clients there, how you serve your clients? And then, of course, I want to hear about your book as well, too, and all the awesomeness you have there. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I'd like to tell the story of why this new business Elevation came about. It was really the fact that in 2013 in the LED lighting business, we hit a bad wall. I mean, we had you know, we had inherited teams, so we, we didn't really vet the employees, right? We were just taking teams that already existed. And then we started realizing that our team really wasn't the best team that we could have. You know, I'll give you one story as a, as a terrible example of what type of thing that was happening. You know, we had two customer service people and we didn't have enough money for a receptionist. So we asked them, well, can you just answer the phone, you know, as phone calls come in? And they really disliked each other so much and had no teamwork that every time the phone would ring, they would just stare at each other and stare at the phone and no one would answer. And it was, and, and my partner and I would be, you know, in another office and we could look at them and see them avoiding, pick up the phone and, you know, we're freaking out because customers are calling and they <laughs> won't even answer for gosh sake. So, you know, that was one of the things, you know, as a small example, there were bigger issues than that. And so we, we really hit this wall. We had no new products being developed. And, you know, what happened was one of our big competitors launched a product line that was directly competing with us. To the point, Gresh, where they actually took out all the same products we had at a dollar less. Oh, it wow. just that insanely, you know, difficult and an attack directly on us. But it was again a blessing in disguise. Super happy that happened because it woke us up. It was a big slap in the face, and we realized that we were not innovating anymore. We weren't disrupting our market. We weren't moving forward with technology. And so what we did is that's when we found a coach, um, a woman named Cleo, very very wonderful coach. She's still coaching today, and she was one of the first scaling approaches in our city. And the thing to remember is that we come from Montreal, so we have a lot of French speaking population where we live. And uh, most of our staff where we are are French. So we had to find a coach who could actually speak in French. She was the only one. So she was kind of, she had the market cornered. And so we brought her in and she, at that time, scaling up didn't exist. It was called the Rockefeller Habits, okay. uh, which is the first book that Vern Harnish wrote. And she came in and she helped us implement all the methodologies. So daily huddles, weekly meetings, quarterly, you know, strategic planning sessions with a lot of strategic tools. And basically we started looking at the four big pillars in business, which are people, strategy, execution, and cash. And so basically without going through all the details, we did that for six years and, and counting, we're still doing it. And uh, we had a lot of success with the methodology. It brought a tremendous amount of alignment, vision, and focus to the organization. And so I've lived it. You know, I actually put in place this methodology with this coach. And so that's a very easy sell to clients moving forward. And who I help now. So that's where the journey happened. And about 18 months ago, I was so passionate about the methodology that I decided to pursue being a business growth coach full time. And now I help I'm working with approximately 20 clients right now, uh, across mostly across Canada, one in the US and helping them implement the same methodology in their businesses. That's extremely powerful. I appreciate you again telling and I think so many people look for people to take their own medicine, so to speak, and to hear that you've been able to kind of execute on those different aspects of kind of like different, you know, I guess rungs of a, of a chair or different uh, legs of a chair is a better term, what is it, but it allows you that opportunity to really grow and scale because it sounds like if you have one of those kind of out of whack, everything can completely fall down and fall apart. Yeah, you're so right about that. And having lived it and understanding that, you know, it's a program, it's a methodology, there's ups and downs, there's good things, there's things that are maybe not as good. Being able to go into a client's place and say, well, actually, I did exactly this, you know, this way. Here's how it turned out for me. You know, I think we could really, you know, have success at your place with it. 
you know, that experience I think is, is really beneficial to help them see, okay, you know, this guy knows kind of what he's, what he's doing and he's also made some mistakes that he could share with us. And so it's, it's a really beneficial way of moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I love kind of like, uh, again, kind of like so many times you, you hit those roadblocks or you hit that uh, wall or whatever that might be. Obviously, as you said, we're, we're, we're going and experiencing one now all across the board. But I think that when you understand that there's obviously the difficulty, but there's a method sometimes you can take to kind of maybe not completely get rid of it, but to get you take those steps to kind of continue to get better. I think that's extremely powerful. I agree. I agree with you completely. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So what would you consider to be like what I like to call your secret sauce? And that's the thing that kind of sets you apart and makes you unique. It could be for yourself or it could also be for your business. Sure. Absolutely. Well, so I think it's very different because not that many coaches are entrepreneurs. And so what I explain when I'm going into my clients is I, I, I'm not there to show them tools. I'm not there to be a moderator or just a guide. My goal is to come there. And I always put this into my agreement. It's a, it's a business partnership proposal. And I explain to them, I'm coming in there as a partner. I want to be clear that because I'm an entrepreneur and I have quite a few ideas and I've seen, you know, I spend time with a lot of other entrepreneurs. I want you to be comfortable with the fact that I'm not just going to come here and help you along the way. I'm actually going to participate and I'm going to give you ideas. And I'm going to challenge you. And when I don't agree with something, you know, I'm really going to put it in your face and say, well, why are we doing it that way? Are you sure this is the right way to do it? I'm going to challenge you on the type of people you have because, you know, we have the wrong people forever. And that's one thing I noticed going to businesses. They protect people. It's an emotional thing. And I, I want to be careful, you know, you want to be you know, empathetic and understand where people are coming from. But at the same time, someone who's not a fit at one company could be a great fit elsewhere. But, you know, you got to be able to identify that very quickly. And so, you know, I think for me, it's really taking the entrepreneur aspect and bringing it to coaching, which is a little bit different from a lot of coaches, which may have more, you know, an academic background or kind of having studied a program. I think I think I can bring something that's a little more edgy and not everybody likes it. So there are some clients that feel a little bit, you know, they just want the tools and let us do it. And usually that doesn't work out as well for us. I really like to go in there and say, well, no, I'm going to challenge you. Like, you better be ready to be challenged because how are you going to grow if not? I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be an app, a book, or a habit that you have, or even more about your book. But what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? So I have a lot of them. And, you know, I, I, I want to make sure I, I kind of provide the audience with the, with the best one. For me, it's kind of a two-sided coin. So it's meditation. I am someone who practices a tremendous amount of meditation and visualization. Uh, I also integrate that with my clients, which is really bizarre because, you know, we'll be in, at a meeting and then I'll say, okay, guys, break. Everybody's about to pull out their phones. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, actually the break is not a phone break. It's a meditation break. And we're going to do a meditation right now. You know, it's a very popular thing these days, but you'd be shocked how little people do it. I mean, anytime I integrate this with a company, it's always, you know, one out of eight people have tried it you know, two out of eight people max, like you'll never have a bunch of people in that room who have done it consistently. And so, you know, what I explain to them is I say, well, we just did a super heavy strategic session. Now you're going to go on break. You're going to look at your phone. You're going to freak out because you have five fires to put out. And now you're going to come back in 10 minutes. You won't have time to deal with those fires, by the way, because our meetings all day. You're going to come back. And now I'm expecting you to have a clear mind to jump into a whole execution module. It's just not realistic. And the same thing happens in work every single day. I think, you know, we get caught up in answering emails and getting on phone calls and dealing with the day-to-day -day stuff. How often do we take a step back to really just breathe and say, okay, am I working on the right things right now? Do I need to go take a walk? Do I need to get away from my computer screen? So that's something that I'm doing myself quite a bit and that I teach people. And I've even taught some companies how to integrate a meditation practice into their companies where they can have a meditation room or they can have a space for employees to go and have that clarity of mind or even go outside. 
And so for me, I would say that's my number one hack because it really keeps me grounded and balanced. But most importantly, it allows me to work on the right things and not get caught up in just, you know, the rat race. I definitely appreciate that. So now I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client or if you happen to a time machine, you would tell your younger business self. Great question. I would say the number one nugget is, you know, something that you see said a lot and, and quite often from some of the best business leaders in the world. And it comes from Jim Collins. It's really first who, you know, people first above all else. I see it time and time again, going into businesses, you know, the wrong people in the wrong seats. You know, we're not taking care of the people that we have there. And so, you know, I really explain to people, your process has to be all encompassing, meaning from the day that you're going to start recruiting someone, are you writing what we call a scorecard that really tells the person what success looks like? I got this from a really wonderful friend and author, Robert Glazer, who wrote Elevate. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he explained to me a long time ago and he sent us you know, examples. He actually, in his job descriptions, put something called what success looks like in six months and what success looks like in 12 months. And you tell a future story to the employee of all the amazing things they're already going to have accomplished. And what this is, is not only does it serve as a vision, but the employee looks at it and says, well, oh, I can do that. Like, I, I think I can really accomplish this. And so it brings the, it attracts the right type of potential candidates to apply for your company, which is really, really great. And the other part, you know, of the people side that is not done almost every, anywhere that I see is what we call systematic recognition. So, you know, I force my clients to systematically recognize their employees every single quarter without fail. Those that are doing really well, obviously the employees that are going above and beyond. And I always explain to clients, this is not about, you know, giving them just money. You know, it's not about saying, okay, you get a bonus because you did good work. Obviously, bonuses are integrated into a lot of companies. What I'm saying is, why not get the entire strategic team, eight people, let's say, for example, you know, you go to, to a store, you buy a card, it costs you 10 cents, you know, packs of 10 are, are very inexpensive. And in that card, you write, listen, Josh, for example, love the work you've done over the last quarter. You've been an exceptional employee. We absolutely appreciate everything you do day in, day out. We just want to give you this card and sign it from the, the entire strategic team. Thank you for being you. You know, that person's going to go home with this card and they're going to show it to their, you know, their spouse, their friends, their family, and they're going to feel so appreciated by you. And that's going to keep them in your company on the long run, you know, this employee retention. So I always try to explain to, to business leaders and to, to clients, you really have to take care of your people. You have to find the right people. And when you have them, that's not good enough. You really have to keep recognizing them and taking care of them when they're in your business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so now I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Sean, what does being a CEO mean to you? For me, uh, a CEO is understanding your leadership style and finding the best way to uh, implement and use that in your company. So, you know, I think what often happens is that, you know, we, we have different leadership styles and we might try to transform ourselves sometimes into different types of leaders. I think that could be a mistake in some cases. For me, you know, being a CEO means understanding your leadership type. Are you more of a collaborative leader? Are you more of a, you know, even if you're more of a directive leader, that's okay. It means you have to surround yourself with different people that can compliment you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sean, truly appreciate all the awesomeness you provided. Appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you, get a copy of the book and find out about all the awesome things that you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Happy Leader book, uh, it's going on um, Amazon and, you know, full uh, scale sale on September 13th. That's the launch date. The reason we chose that is it's positive thinking day in the world. And so that's why we want to do it. So you'll be able to find that, the Happy Leader. And then you can find that also at my website, which is uh, seanjohal.com. 
you'll find all the information there too with the book and the, with all the coaching services that we do there. And you can always reach me at Sean at SeanJohal.com. Easiest way to reach out to me and uh, I'll get back to you pretty quickly. I'm kind of a, obsessed with productivity and so I'll, I'll get back to you quick. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I truly appreciate that, Sean. We will have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, just so that it's even easier for people to reach out to you and, and get a copy of the book, find out about all the awesome things you're doing. But I appreciate you, my friend, and I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.